Hey everyone, welcome to Past Lives and the Divine. I'm Gina and this is the podcast where we talk about that, past lives and our connection to the divine. And we do this for healing all the way to entertainment and you know, a bunch of stuff in between. In today's episode, I have a client interview for you. It has been so long since I've done a client interview. Like, has it been a year almost? Well, what I want, I enjoyed this so much. And it was like one of these things where it's like, I know listeners enjoy client interviews. I enjoy client interviews so much. Why am I not doing this more? And so I'm open to doing more of them. That is noted. If you want to give me a nudge, or if you've had a session with me and you want to talk about that past life regression session and do a deep dive into it with me, um, let me know because I'd love to do it and put it on the podcast. And we could be totally flexible. Like if you're like, I'm open to talking about it, but I don't want to use my name. That's cool. If you are okay using your name and giving out your contact information, that's cool too. So let me know if that sounds interesting to you. In today's client interview, I am interviewing Sarah Leverett. She had her first past life regression. Um, We had that session back about 10 months ago, 2020, spring of 2020. And 10 months later, we're here talking about that session, how it opened her up to even more. Today, Sarah is the founder of Intuitive Empowerment which her mission with intuitive empowerment is to remind others of their power by claiming and living the power of their own intuitive gifts. You know I love that. Uh, Sarah is an oracle reader, an intuitive coach, a certified hypnotherapist. She went from being interested in it to being able to lead the sessions in less than a year. And I am so excited to talk to her. She's got such a great story. Um, If you listen to this interview and you're like, well, I want to know more about Sarah, I have linked below her Instagram, her email, and I also have linked below her episode of the Yoga Magic podcast. So I'm recording this at the end of February, but a few days ago on February 23rd, Yoga Magic released an episode and Sarah is the guest on that episode. So she talks even more about her journey of just like, nurturing herself, strengthening her intuition, trusting herself, and just really her path to where she is now. And just like everybody's story is so nuanced and can be taken from so many different angles that I cannot recommend enough. I really enjoyed listening to that interview this week, and it was even more of a pleasure to be able to listen to it and then uh, ask Sarah some follow-up questions and be able to get a little bit deeper. So head over to that podcast. I have that linked below as well in the show notes or wherever the show notes are, wherever you listen to this. So a little heads up, speaking of the Yoga Magic podcast, the host Ashley and I are going to be putting on another yoga and hypnosis class. And that's on March 31st. It'll be at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time in the USA If you want to be a part of it, if you want to experience it but can't be there live, there will be a replay. I think we're capping registration at 20. I'll have to double check that. But it's either 20 or 30. I don't remember. But early registration opens up to those sweet souls who are on our email list. And that is going to be on March 10th. And then a week later, it'll open up to the public. So if you're really interested in doing some yoga plus hypnosis, kind of clear out, get ready for the change of seasons, which I think we're all excited for. 
So make sure you're on those email lists or my email list to get first grabs. And you can find that at pastlivesandthedivine.com slash subscribe. Okay, quick reminder. If you enjoy this episode, please forward it to a friend. Share it with someone new. Um, use it as a conversation starter with someone you think might be into this kind of freaky stuff. And if you really like it and you can head over to Apple Podcasts, go ahead and leave me a review. I'd really, really appreciate it. That's kind of the currency, it seems like. The more reviews and clicks I get, even if they are one stars, um, is just telling Apple that, hey, people are engaging with this podcast. Maybe other people would. So every little bit goes a long way. And with Apple Podcasts, all we can do is a little bit. So that's all you have to do is just leave a little five-star review. I would really, really appreciate it. Okay, are you ready? Gather around the fire. Let's hop into our conversation with Sarah Leverett. I am here with Sarah Leverett of Intuitive Empowerment. And I first had a conversation with Sarah almost a year ago and she I wasn't doing online sessions and Sarah when you when you and I talked on the phone I don't know if you remember that phone call but I even I didn't take the phone call in my office so I even know like where I was and it was just a long good phone call like I think we were on the phone for like 45 minutes or something and it was um I just remember feeling I don't know if it was like kindred with you because you were like, I'm, I'm going to fly to Minneapolis and do this. And, and there's not a lot of people that do that stuff. I am one of them who does, it. I don't do it a ton, but like, if I can do it, I do it. And so I was like, Oh yeah, this, this woman is. <laughs> okay. And then, um, I wanted to have you on the podcast because your story is just, it, it unfolded at least from the vantage point of me, it unfolded so so quickly, I guess. And I think it's interesting because from my vantage point, I feel like I'm evolving so fucking slow sometimes that I'm like, is anything even happening? And so when I was just like, you know, being slightly in your orbit with Instagram and stuff like that and seeing you like, hey, have you checked out this article? Hey, what do you know about this? Or like, hey, I'm going to do the hypnotherapist training. And it's just been so fun to watch because it's been so rapid and um, so I just thought it would be such a fun episode. But I also want to remind everybody, if you feel like you're not growing that rapidly, um, first of all, I don't know. Actually, Sarah, you tell me, do you feel like you grew rapidly in the last year? Or do you feel like this is just something you've been slowly chugging away at? Let's start there. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I also want to acknowledge that, yes, Gina, I loved you so much right off the bat that I was willing to fly from New Orleans to Minneapolis <laughs> like it was absolutely nothing. So, yes, for sure. Um, <laughs> and then when I think back to my journey in the past year, I think it's like a both and situation. Like, yes, for sure, I have grown a ton and my journey has been very quick in the world of hypnotherapy in particular. Um, but then when I like really pan out, it's definitely been like a slow process. Um, I think it really started when I first like left at 18 and went to college, you know, the, like really getting to the core of like, who am I as a person? How am I different from what I thought? Um, and then as far as a spiritual journey goes, that really started for me 
in about 2016, 17. So I think it's been, you know, four or five years of like, it's been a discipline. It's been serious for me. I've, uh, you know, taken the time and that has felt like a slow process. Um, but I will say with hypnotherapy in particular, it was like, I learned about it. I was ready to do it. I was ready to study it. I was ready to be certified. Like that definitely happened very quickly in 10 months for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, and do you feel like, like, what do you attribute that quickness to? Is it, cause here's the thing, like, I think that it can be quick, but oftentimes like we doubt those intuitive hits. And I know you just actually talked to Ashley Sondergaard on the yoga magic podcast, um, that came out on Tuesday. So what was that? The February 23rd. I have no idea what episode number it is, but, um, you talked a lot about just like your growth path efforts in terms of like understanding your intuition, connecting to it, strengthening it, relying it, relying on it, trusting it, all of that stuff. And do you feel like hypnosis itself accelerated that? Or do you feel like because you were doing all that work, it was really easy for you to identify like, Ooh, this is what I want to do next when you experienced it. I guess it was maybe both, but you let me know, like when, from your vantage point, how did that look? Um, it was definitely both. When I look back, it was like hypnosis, specifically past life regression came to me in the exact perfect divine timing and order. It was like, I was so primed and ready for that experience. You know, I was, I was experiencing things before this that I wasn't quite understanding. Okay. Um, so I would be in a yoga class and like slip into trance and have no fucking idea what had just happened to me. You know, it was one yeah. of those things where I was like, what is, I was asking everybody like, has this happened to you before? Have you seen something like this? Do you know what I'm talking about? Um, and so I was getting to a point where I kind of knew what like being in a deep meditative state felt like, but I wasn't trusting it enough to like then allow messages to come through in that moment. It was like, I was second guessing it and so unsure about what was going on. And it was like, that was happening. And so when I found hypnosis, it was like, I realized to just, that I was able to just trust it. And then when I was trusting it, then I was realizing, okay, messages can come through. And then it was easier to like trust and, um, and use that instinct, you know, just on a day-to-day -day level as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. That is really, <clears throat> so I'm connecting a dot right here in Ashley's episode from Tuesday. Um, we're recording this on a Friday. <laughs> in that episode, you had mentioned, and I don't think I, maybe we talked about this at some point over the last year, but I didn't know that you kind of attribute yoga to like, kicking off this journey a little bit or at least it was like a part of the beginning and the way you just described that there of like how you'd feel in a yoga class that was actually I've never put it together like that but that was the same for me I have put it together that yoga for me when I went through the training and stuff like that it was really just like I was teaching so many <clears throat> group exercise classes that I was like, just give me a fucking class that I can like stretch through and so that's why I did it but when I was in yoga training we did like a two-hour yoga flow class and I came out of that being like wait how long was that class 
that wait that felt like it was 30 minutes it was two hours but the um amount of peace and quiet i had in that class was just so different um, from anything i had ever experienced and i have never in my life sarah been like oh i was like in a trance and that's why that felt so good but hearing you say that i'm like oh that's why which is actually maybe what also primed me so when i started doing hypnosis i was like fuck yeah this is great and then when i burned down my wellness company i was like this is the only thing i care about <laughs> so i guess this is what i'll do um okay so what was your so you were pretty primed like coming into like you had mentioned you were kind of on a journey for a few years coming into this conversation that you and i had a year ago um but like before what made you say like, yes, this is what I'm going to do. Like, I'm going to call Gina or I'm going to schedule this session or I'm going to look for someone who does these sessions in my area. Because I know you were doing that for a little bit, I think, if I remember correctly. So like, if you were to even just look back on it right now and think of like, what was the straw where you were like, I'm going to do this? I'm curious because people, it seems like they're either like, they know something's deeper or they're just like, like when I did it, I was like, knew something was deeper, but 80% just like fucking super curious what I was going to find out. Yeah, um, yeah. And I don't think either one is bad, but like for you, what pushed you to make that decision and say yes to the appointment? Oh man. Yeah. I remember the first time that I heard about past life progression uh, I was sitting with a friend of mine, Rosalie, uh, at a shop here in New Orleans, and we were talking about, you know, all the things woo, you know, uh, all of the different experiences we've had and all the things we've tried. And she just casually mentioned past life regression. And it was one of those things where like time fell away for me. <laughs> it was like there were like fireworks and all these things like I had thousands of questions immediately uh so much so that i remember like having to use the restroom and it was like oh my gosh i cannot forget my questions while i'm running to the restroom <laughs> like i have to remember every single question and i come back and i'm just like throwing all these things at rosalie and she's she's answering and she's making it sound just as amazing as i knew it was uh with my intuition and um and yeah she's really good about like these are the books that I have read and these are the podcasts you should listen to. And so I walked away with a ton of resources. Um, and then I remember like also doing my own research and that's when I found your podcast, Gina. Yeah. It must've been like later that night, if not like the next day, um, because I still, I had so many questions and it was like, I could not stop thinking about it. Um, I was so excited about it. And so I found your podcast, um, and I just started, yeah, just binging the episodes, honestly. Um, and you talk about NAF um, as the, the uh, organization that certified you. And so that's when I started looking for people. I wanted to specifically find somebody with that type of certification. Hmm. And so in some of your beginning episodes, you talk about, you know, the NAF dot world website and so i was like on the directory looking for somebody um i found somebody relatively close but i was surprised that nobody in the new orleans area was was certified with nav i agree um, that was wild to me yeah um and you know i'm from alabama and i ended up finding somebody in alabama which was like mind-blowing to me 
um, that I was able to find that there. Um, but I guess that, yeah, expectations, you know, versus yeah. reality, they don't always match up. Um, but yeah, but I still, there was just something about you, Gina, that I was like, but I still really want to, to talk to Gina and like, see, like maybe a flight to Minneapolis would work out. And so, yeah, I was pretty determined. And so, yeah, I set up that phone call with you, felt even better about it. So yeah, I booked a plane ticket and then, and then COVID happened. Um, and so I wasn't able to go to Minneapolis, but I was so very blessed by your decision. Um, and I know a lot of other people have been too, but your decision to move virtual. Um, I've been blessed by that too. <laughs> <laughs> For sure, that really allowed me to, to still explore. And so from there, I did end up finally meeting the woman in Alabama um, who I originally talked to, and then that's who, who certified me. Um, and my friend, Rosalie, from the very beginning, she also got certified with me as well. Oh my gosh, that is so cool. That is really, I knew Rosalie got certified with you, but I didn't know she was kind of like part of your origin story and just going down this rabbit hole. Okay, so before you got into your first appointment, were you scared? What were your fears, apprehensions, or were you just like 100% ready, open, willing? Oh, I was, I was definitely 100% open, but, and ready and excited, but there was definitely still some, some, you know, some fear and anxiety around, you know, will I actually see a past life? Will I be able to get there? And, you know, I had done your, your past life um, journey at home hmm. before, um, and I did see a past life. Um, and I guess I expected it to be kind of like a movie playing out in my head and there was gonna be this closure at the end. And even though I quote unquote saw a past life, it wasn't exactly in the at-home journey like I thought it would be. And I remember leaving the past life journey at home like definitely being even more in interested, definitely um, like wild by my experience, but I definitely wanted you as the facilitator to ask me questions, to help me dig deeper, to help me kind of contextualize what I was experiencing. Like I was definitely ready to, to have a, a facilitation one-on-one -on -one with you and to go deeper. So yeah, I think I was 100% ready, but still there's that part in my conscious mind. And now, you know, I don't know, 15 past life regressions in, I still have that, you know, like at the very beginning, it's like that little voice, it's getting quieter and it's kind of like slowing down, but it's still there of like, are you really going to see a past life this time? Or what if you don't see a past life this time? You know, um, I, I'm glad that you said that because that was a question I had for you too, was how many past life regressions have you been the client in and has the original doubts and worries changed but I, I feel the same way where it's like even I feel like I should have maybe done a better job keeping track but I kind of stopped counting after 30 times I think in the chair and or as the client in the chair um, <laughs> <laughs> but that was it's still something that like um, last summer when I had that uh, past life regression, but it, I feel like it was like a future life on a different planet. Still, like, even though I've been with clients who have seen some weird shit, you know, weird, I mean, I think it's cool, <laughs> but like all of these things, it's like, I, I just, 
still will doubt it sometimes, especially if it's like, I've been wanting to see something like this, then I really start to doubt it. And it's like, but logically, if I had a client that said that to me, I'd be like, well, you've probably been wanting to see it because you need to see it. You know, like anytime a client's like, oh yeah, I saw that life in a, in a dream. I knew I was going to have that life come in. Mm. So, um, yeah, that is really cool. I have so many questions for you, Sarah, but let's dig, <laughs> <laughs> let's uh, keep Gina on track. So let's dig into that first session. So kind of like, of course we talked about like share whatever feels comfortable to you. And what I want you to kind of paint the picture of like any dot connecting, anything like that. So what I'm going to do is just kind of like, when, do you remember what your intention for the session was? I don't remember it word for word, but I believe it was something about, um, I was wanting to be a better partner on some level. Like I was wanting to really do some work, um, in my partnership, um, in just being a little bit more, um, like letting go a little bit more in certain situations. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Um, and then you had like other questions and that sort of thing. And just like every other past life regression, it was so layered. So let's get into kind of that first scene. And if whatever stands out in your mind, Sarah, I just want you to kind of talk about like whether it was the way the information came in, how you felt. You had mentioned that you had kind of thought it would be like this full on movie, which uh, I, I don't know if I've ever heard that before, but of course, like when I think of the way I talk about it, of, of course, people, that would be such a common like expectation maybe. So when you like, how did that feel in your first scene? The very first thing that, that sticks out to me was I think you asked something along the lines of, you know, look down at your feet. Are you sitting or are you standing or something like that or like or what does the ground look like something along those lines and I remember being very struck by the fact that like the answer was like I'm not really sitting or standing I'm on a swing like I'm swinging and I don't know it helped me right off the bat to be like okay I would have never come up with that on my own like I would have absolutely said either I was sitting or standing if I was like telling a story so right off the bat, I was like, okay, I'm actually seeing something here. This doesn't like at that point, something clicked for me of like, just, okay, let this unfold and see, you know, where it, where it goes. But like, I was definitely at first, like just seeing myself, like looking down, like seeing myself swinging on a swing set. Um, and you were a kid. I was a kid. Yeah. I think I, I felt like I was around maybe 12 or so. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And then it's my, I'm just looking through your, the notes I took for the session, but it was really um, kind of your focus in that scene as like a younger kid or like a 12 year old ish was really, your focus was kind of on your mom and like how she was feeling in that scene. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I can equate that scene in the past life to how I feel being you know, empathetic in this life um, and like feeling other people's feelings in a very heavy way. And that's how I was feeling in this scene. It was like, I was a kid, 
I was on a swing set and there were all these other children. I don't know if they were my siblings or just neighborhood kids all around me playing, but I'm on the swing set, like feeling feelings from my mom in that life who was inside the house. It was like, I was carrying some sort of like weight. Um, and that's what really struck me in that scene was like this scene of like, why am I not feeling my conscious mind was like, why are you not feeling like a kid? Like, why are you not playing with the other kids? Why are you not, um, why are you not enjoying your time, your innocence? And it was like, I was definitely in that moment. Um, it like, like I said, feeling like an empath. I was like taking on the weight. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, people talk about like in dreams and being lucid in your dreams, like, oh, I, I'm flying, I, I'm gonna, you know, and then being able to like kind of operate in the dream. Mm-hmm. And I do, I don't know if the term would be lucid, but I do think that as we, this is maybe a poor example, but like, I think of trance as like a mind altering state. You know what I mean? Like when people talk about they do mushrooms and have a spiritual experience, that's what I experience in a past life regression, a life between lives, like that, that's where I go with that. But what I think is so cool is like the more you do it, whether you're doing a session with someone like me or Sarah or whoever's facilitating it, or you're doing it at home, just like at home journey, like the recording I have, the more you do it, the easier it gets to become like lucid in those Mm. so just like what you said there Sarah a lot of times when people start out on this it's like I have to ask a ton of questions which is totally fine that's my role of like getting them in the scene but just what you said and I don't know if um if it's like a hindsight thing or you were very conscious of it in in that first scene of your first past life regression but we can develop this ability to become more lucid and like lead ourselves through this trance. So just like you said, I could, my conscious mind could pick up like this kid isn't acting like a kid. This kid is like carrying something from someone, an adult in the house. And as you do more and more trance work, you get more and more familiar and able to kind of like navigate that consciousness, that realm, that world, however you feel like it's coming in. And just what you said there was like that awareness in your conscious mind can then be like, oh, why am I feeling that way? And then even though you're not supposed to get analyzing, when you're alone, it can help if you can kind of like balance that a little bit. Don't analyze it too much where you're going to block it, but like just analyze it enough to get a question, Mm -hmm. feel into that question. Like, why are you? And I just, I think it's so important to remind people of that because you have that experience I'd imagine having 15 past life regressions and it's if you think of any other mind altering state like this is maybe a little crude or whatever but like (laughs) when we're younger or even when you're not younger you're like (laughs) drinking or or you know imbibing with some cannabis or whatever you want like the first times you do it it can feel scary overwhelming if you do if you do it too much right but after a while, you kind of figure out how to operate in those, uh, like I started using cannabis for my migraines. And then I started using it just to get loose and have fun a little bit every once in a while. And if I have too much, because dealing with edibles, it's hard to get the, you know, the ratio sometimes, but like, if I have too much, 
at this point, it's not like, oh my God, I had too much. I'm freaking out. It's like, I'm just going to like lay on the couch for a second. You know what I mean? It's usually nighttime anyway, I can go away. But my point is, is like, when we go into these altered states, whether you think they're okay or not, or whether it's (laughs) trance or substance induced, our minds are there to be able to like, okay, what's going on in this realm? I'm going to kind of try to figure it out. And so I always remind people of that, especially when people are like, I'm not in a position for whatever reason to do a session with you, Gina. I'm like, that's cool. It'll happen when it's supposed to happen, if it's supposed to happen, but do this stuff on your own because you can still make progress. You can still get information and it'll just prepare you for your next, for your journey, like with a facilitator. So do you have any, um, when you think about your journey from this first past life regression to today, do you get that sense? Like when you say your conscious mind was able to see you on that swing set, but not acting like a kid carrying those heavy emotions, was that something you were able to see like in that scene or was that kind of like a hindsight? That is a good question. Um, I definitely knew in that scene what was going on because I had the context of that feeling in this life. Thinking back, I I cannot pinpoint if it was just like a subconscious knowing or if my conscious mind like analyzed it. And then from there, I just like went, but I don't, I don't know. When you ask it like that, it's very possible that just, it was this subconscious knowing in the moment. And then afterwards, you know, I did a lot of journaling and reflecting and it could have been in that moment where my conscious mind was like, oh, okay. Uh, And like analyzing at that point. Okay. to your other points, uh, yeah, the more I do past life regression, the more, and I still do, you know, the at-home journeys occasionally, um, the more I do that, definitely it's like you kind of get primed to like know the right questions to ask yourself um, yeah. enough to like kind of facilitate your own um, understanding. And then I would say the more I do it, the initial scene does come much quicker to me now. Um, yeah, yeah. Okay. It unfolds quicker. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. So let's move on. So that was kind of the first scene. It was just super simple. That was my memory. Like you kind of described like the land you were on, there was horses, there was other kids around, you were on a swing set. And then scene two, the second scene, we, you were inside, you were like early twenties. Um, it was, you were in a small church or chapel kind of, and it felt like a celebration or a wedding. Like, tell me about that scene. Yeah, it was definitely, um, it was definitely a wedding for sure. It was my wedding. Um, and I definitely remember it being like this very simple, almost rural chapel, not a ton of people there. Um, and yeah, it was that, it was the same sort of feeling from the first scene where it's like, man, this is my wedding day. You know, everybody else is so happy for me. Like everybody's smiling. Everybody's, um, you know, I'm, I remember feeling like, yeah, I know for a fact that the person I'm marrying is somebody I feel good about marrying. So what is it? And it was, again, it was that empathing where I'm just like taking on weight that I had no business taking on, just taking on burdens and then allowing it to affect something that's supposed to be, you know, traditionally, um, 
you know, one of the biggest days of your life, one of the biggest moments of your life. And here I am not feeling happy about it. Um, and it's not that I didn't, that I felt the opposite of happy. It's not like I was like sad about it or angry about it. It was just that I wasn't able to be, I think when I think back on it, it's like, I wasn't able to be present with it in that life. It was like, I was taking on just heaviness and worrying about things that weren't mine to worry about. Ah, okay. That is the thing, right? Like when we're worrying or like, it's really just like a lack of presence, whatever it is. Um, and I, that's something I've been thinking about. Alex and I, I feel like we're just having a conversation about like presence and like what it really means and what that looks like and feels like. So that comes out, but my, um, what I think is so interesting, just hearing you, I don't know if I felt this when we were actually doing the session, I guess I'm kind of in an alternate state when we're doing it, but he, looking at these notes now that I took of your session and talking to you about it, um, man, I identify with that. I had that a lot when I was younger, this idea of like, and just what you said, like, and I don't know if that's like an empath thing or, or what, but just not being able to like, like be in the moment, always taking on like other people's stuff, even you don't even know you're doing it. The worry, the dread, the, yeah, I've, I've, I feel that a lot right now. Okay, so you were at that wedding. And I think that scene was just kind of like, um, like your mom was there again, or your not your mom in this life, but your mom in that life was there. And, um, and you were kind of sensing like your mom wanted to be happy, but she couldn't. Yeah, it was just a sense of, um, again, just a, a very similar feeling. It was like, we both had that feeling um, of just wanting to be happy, but not being able to. Um, yeah, it was, it was very much so that's, that's that same feeling from the beginning of like taking on that weight and being able to feel that um, for sure. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then scene number three, um, when you were inside again, it was like 20 years later. So you were like in your forties and you were actually at your mom's funeral. Can we back up to scene two, Gina? I don't want to throw yeah. a kink in the plan here, but there was Not something, something very important happened in that scene for me. Uh, it was like when I finally got up to the altar, I remember that you asked a prompting question and at the time, I didn't fully understand my relationship with my spirit guides, but in retrospect, I know that it was my spirit guide almost like tapping me on the back, being like, turn around, turn around, turn around. And it was this feeling of like, Jenna, I cannot go on to another question. I have got to turn around. Like, I've got to see whatever it is that's calling behind me. And in that moment, I turned around and I look out into the pews and I didn't see anything per se, but I knew for a fact that every single ancestor of mine, every single ancestor of mine was in that audience. And it was like every single one of them was looking at me and channeling just the most pure, unconditional love. Uh, and I kind of mentioned this on with my conversation with Ashley on her um, on her podcast last week, but um, 
but yeah, that, that was more of like the details in the context of like every single ancestor was there and they were so happy for me. And it was like, okay, I didn't get to feel that love and happiness in that life, but here's this opportunity now that you're in another life to feel all of the joy and the unconditional love that you could have felt. Uh, it was like, I got that moment back for myself. I was able to finally experience it like all these lives later, here I am in a past life regression and I'm finally getting to feel the like love and the happiness and the joy from my ancestors that I deserved on that day. Um, oh my God. Okay, first of all, thank you for interrupting me with that. <laughs> <laughs> Always welcome. Because in my notes, I had wrote like great, great grandfather here, question mark. And then all my grandparents here, I feel so much love from them. And what I think is so cool is like, uh, number one, that you were able to like kind of go back and like actually absorb all of that love that you were on some level blocking, right? Like, I think that that is healing, even if it's just for that moment but I don't think it is that moment. I think we carry that stuff with us. And, um, but I think it's a really good, um, a, <clears throat> a really good indicator or like example of how as the facilitator, I don't need to know anything about you besides like the questions you wanna ask your guide, the intention for the session, and maybe some context if you're like, this is my intention, but this is really, you know, why, why that's my intention because I didn't have to coach you to be like, oh, your, your ancestors are here, get their love. It's like, you got it anyway. I didn't even know what was going on there. Like, because I can see here where, I didn't know if it was like your grandparents in that life were all there or if Sarah Leverett's ancestors were there. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I, I didn't know, but it doesn't matter. You still got it you know, like all this, I'm doing the life between lives training right now. And, and I feel like, I don't know if you felt this way with your training, but it's a lot of like intake forms and talking about childhood. And it's like, first of all, I'm not a therapist. <laughs> this is for you. Like you are doing this. Right. And this is a really great example of that. It's like, I'm just here to figure out where we are presently and how to get where I think you want to go based on our conversation. And you're going to get what you need in the meantime. And that is so cool because I didn't know. I, I didn't know it was like that level. That's so cool. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So then 20 years later, the next scene, you were at your mom's funeral. Yes, I was at my mom's funeral. Um, and I had found all of these old journals and letters that she had written over the course of her lifetime. Um, and it gave me this really beautiful understanding of her that I didn't have in that life before, um, where it was like she very much so intellectually wanted to, to show love differently or to be happy um, for those around her, specifically her children. Um, and she, there was no doubt about the love from reading that, like the love was there. It was just this new understanding of like, it's more, it's not 
it's not personal. Um, it's not, it, it wasn't personal for me. It was more that she had her own work to do. And she, uh, you know, the fact that she was able to write it down lets me know that she was working on it. She was definitely like thinking about it, but just for whatever reason, um, it just didn't translate to me all of the time. And so it was just this final, this understanding in that life that, you know, it was never my fault. That was a huge thing. It was never my fault um, that I, you know, felt the things that I felt and that I wasn't able to be present because I didn't know how to necessarily navigate. Um, I keep using the word empath, but that's what feels right. I, I wasn't able to, no. to navigate that yet in that life. I, I didn't, I didn't really understand how it worked. And so it was just this confirmation in her death that number one, I was loved. Number two, that it was never anything about me, that it was never personal. And then number three, that just, um, that just, I had some work to do. Like it gave me some understanding that I didn't, I never had to carry that. It was never my fault. Yeah. Wow. And okay. So you felt that shift in that scene when you were like, reading the letters or the context of the scene was that you had read the letters or you knew what the content of the letters was? There was definitely a, uh, an intuitive knowing for me that, okay, none of that was your fault. Um, and it, it, it probably didn't like sink in on a practical applicable level until afterwards, right? When I like journaled yeah. it out, thought about it, but there was definitely an intuitive knowing in that scene, in that moment that it was not my fault. You know, all of those things I just listed, that knowing was there. Yes. Yeah, one of the things I wrote down <clears throat> that you must have said, whether it was an exact quote or not, but it just said, I don't want this on my deathbed. I don't want the same for my kids when I die. And this is, that like captures what I, just one of the many things I love about past life regression is like, we always hear these, you know, deathbed sentiments, like no one ever says they wish they worked more or, you know, no one ever says they wish they would have, you know, not invested in relationships and instead tried to make more money. Not that making money is bad, but everybody says like, the, these like profound truths that can become cliche at the deathbed experience. And it's just a really good indicator of how hypnosis can make us take it from something we logically can understand. I can see how someone would feel that way on their deathbed. Mm -hmm. But then there's a difference that happens when it goes from logically in your brain to like a profound like belief and value in your heart. That's where we make every decision. That's where when someone asks you to do something, you say no or yes, that's coming from your heart. So if, if the logic of, you know, whatever, we're going about our lives where we're gonna be on our deathbed and maybe regret it, it's like, that's what I love about past life regression is what I'm trying to say, I guess, is like, we get a glimpse of that, that profoundness, that deep impact without, before we're dying. Like, so right. we can actually make a difference in that life. like we have the ability to take these like profound deathbed movements and feelings in our heart and like plant them in our bodies now. And like, I'm 40 and I expect to, you know, of course live to be like a hundred or something, but <laughs> I, like I get, I get so many more decades with all of this knowledge as opposed to kind of the more like 
lack of presence, lack of boundaries, lack of understanding of my empathicness. And um, yeah, I just, I love that. I don't want this on my deathbed. I don't want the same for my kids when I die. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. Um, okay, anything else in that scene that you want to call out? I don't think so. That was pretty much what I got from that was just those journals and the letters. I don't even remember, like, I don't even remember seeing like what the funeral home looked like or anything like that. It was just really about those, those letters and those journals. Yeah. 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 And that's a good question too, or that's a good point too, is like, you get what you need in the session, right? So like, if I was prompting you as the facilitator to like understand your surroundings and you were like, I don't know, I don't get anything from this funeral home. It's not that you're lacking or not doing it good enough. It's that it's not important. Mm -hmm. And we get distracted easily with our brains. So it tends to be, it can be really focused and whether we actually understand what that focus is about, like in that scene or afterwards when we kind of connect the dots, like in the hours, days, weeks afterward. Okay, so moving on to the next scene, you were outside, similar to the first scene. Like you felt like you were maybe an adult living in the same house. Yeah, I, I had the feeling that after my mom and that life had died, that I uh, moved into that house with my family. Uh, if not moved in, then definitely spent a lot of time there because um, I was uh, I was an adult. Uh, my partner was with me there um, and I was actually at my own daughter's birthday party in this life. Um, And yeah, it was like as much as I had um, learned from that funeral home scene and from those letters and those journals, here I was as a mother in this life at my daughter's birthday party, not able to be present and happy with her um and it was one of those those it was like a a humbling moment right it's like it's one thing to like look at another person and say wow this is what you're doing or to feel like this is what you've done to me 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 like that's the ego part of it and here I was in this scene realizing like shit I am doing the exact same thing like here I am doing the exact same thing um she was very very happy playing with all of her friends running around and I wanted nothing more on a logical level conscious level to be happy as well and to be celebrating with her um and I think the context was that my husband and I uh had gotten into a fight earlier that morning or that day Um, and that we let that energy like carry on into the birthday party and that I was letting my disconnect with him, um, keep me away from being present with my daughter. Um, yeah. And it was just this, like, we felt very disconnected. Um, and it was like, again, I was taking on his worry compounded with my own worry And then realizing as, uh, you know, a viewer looking back on this life that, yeah, I was doing the exact same thing. And how can you fault somebody else when you're sitting there realizing that you're doing the exact same thing? Yes, I was on mute. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, so then we move into the final scene like the final moments of that past life you were sick 
um, you knew that it was the end for you. You had long gray hair, pink pajamas. <laughs> <laughs> that was important. They were pink. <laughs> <laughs> and your partner was there. Yeah. Um, and you, it just, in my notes, it says, I'm reminded of the letters, your mom's letters, and you're trying to say everything you need to. So whether you're speaking to that or something else sticks out, but like what, tell me about that scene from your perspective. Yeah, I think on my deathbed in that life, I was still very much so thinking about my mom and my relationship with her and a lot of reflection on those letters and, and the way that I, you know, experienced death in that life, it did give me time to really like think and to kind of prepare and you know, I was, um, I was making an effort to say what it was I wanted to say to my daughter. Um, I didn't get a sense of like, what did I say to my daughter? <laughs> I just know that it was like, there was my truth to be said. And I used some of that time to say it for sure. Yes. And to acknowledge that you know, I was human and that there were things that I had done that caused her pain and harm along the way. And just wanting her to know that it wasn't her fault. Um, and I got this very um, peaceful feeling and knowing that like my life wasn't perfect. My life uh, wasn't easy, but that just the awareness that I brought to that life and the awareness that like, I want to do things, you know, differently. I want to speak my truth more, just that awareness being there made it a good life. Like I, um, I felt peaceful as I was getting ready to die. So that brings up a really good point, Sarah. So I'm, I'm going to ask you this question as like, <clears throat> I don't know, facilitator to facilitator or someone who's like, obsessed, obsessed with this, <laughs> had a lot of experience, but I, so uh, a couple of podcast episodes ago, I don't know what it was, but I, I talked a little bit about karma mm -hmm. and I think it's pretty, when people talk about past lives, it's like tied to reincarnation, obviously, which is a, a lot of times tied to like this idea of karma, like, um, and I just, I hear, I mean, I say this all the time, but it's like, no one knows what's going on. Like no one knows why we're here. And I vacillate between there's no point and oh my God, things are so beautiful, past life regression, et cetera. And, um, and I just think the idea of like, we don't know. So why are we taking this idea of karma and like weaponizing it against ourselves? Mm -hmm. And I think that we can undo a lot of karma in quotes of like, just speaking your truth, even if it's ugly, disjointed, takes you a long time to get it out, speaking your truth at any time, whether it's the last 90 seconds of your life or the middle of your life or whatever, but speaking our truth and like really feeling remorse, if there's remorse to be felt or feeling um, appreciation, if that was something we were lacking, I, I think that we can really turn things around in our life with simple truth telling, what's my truth? Uh, I'm gonna let people know how I feel about them. I'm gonna clean up my own shit. I think that that undoes way more karma than, oh, I killed someone and now I'm gonna be killed. 
I, I just, I don't think it's that cut and dry. Like, do you have any thoughts on that? Even if they're completely unformed, like my own. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, I absolutely have, um, have the feeling that it is not as simple as like, I do this in this life, I steal this thing. So like then in my next life, I am going to have something stolen from me. I definitely think it's way more nuanced than that. Um, and something, as you were saying, that that resonated with me, um, definitely speaking your truth. And then when you said like feeling remorse, if you needed to feel remorse, something that landed with me is like feeling your truth is also very, very healing as well. Like there are these moments when, you know, a wave of sadness comes on and it's like, okay, what can I do to like feel better? Can I like, can I pick up my phone and scroll for a minute? Can I turn on Netflix? Can I go eat something really quick? And it's like, okay, if when you feel those things coming on, I think if we are able to like slow down, get still and just feel the wave of sadness don't try to run from it and just in allowing yourself to feel your truth right you're not tricking yourself into feeling something else then you're feeling that sadness that you need to feel to be able to heal and get to the next level of your journey or to the next place in your journey and it's the same thing i want to say with happiness right in that life i wasn't allowing myself to feel happy which was my truth i was happy to be at my wedding. I was happy to be a child and to be swinging with my friends, but I wasn't allowing myself to come in the present moment and to feel that happiness, which was my, my real truth. So, yes. Yeah. And, you know, I think, um, I don't know what I attract a lot of people who are like, I don't, I mean, I think it, I think it's kind of like a human thing too. I don't think it's necessarily like an affliction of the people who are attracted to my work, but like this idea of um, like, oh, I feel stuck. You know, I have all the things society told me I should do, you know, the kids, the house, the job, the SUV, the boat, the cabin, if you're in Minnesota, whatever. <laughs> but like, a lot of people who are like, is this it? I feel like I'm missing something. I feel in, and, and I see that in your story. Like when I project my ideas on what you may have been going through, it's like, I see that all the time, but also in a lot of these people and a lot of us, I deal with this too, which is probably why it's so easy for me to see it. But it's like, I think that when we start to understand our truth, it can be really uncomfortable because then we almost feel like, well, if I need something, then I have to do something about it. And I think that that step between like, know your truth, comma, next step, ask for what you need mm -hmm. is really, really difficult. Um, and I'm wondering, you had talked a little bit about that in Ashley's Yoga Magic podcast episode. So I don't, we don't need to like necessarily go into it super deep, but I, that was, that's something that sticks out to me and I don't even know where I'm going with that, but it's just literally sticking out to me of like, if you have any in your own journey, anything that's helped you go, okay, I'm, I'm feeling my truth right now, but sometimes the next step is like asking for what you need or do what you need or tell someone mm. your truth. Yes. Like you experienced it in that past life regression. Has that changed how you do it, <clears throat> how you do that in your own life? And this is a really deep 
question that I did not prepare you for. So take your time. Like, no, that's we want to hear it all. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a big question, but I definitely I talked a lot on Ashley's podcast about how like listening to my intuition was like a huge thing that came out of past life regression for me. But the other just as big thing is exactly what you're describing where it's like, okay, you know, your truth, you're recognizing it. You're ready to listen to it. The work comes in and okay, you have to start applying this in every single space that feels uncomfortable for you. So it's been, and I think this is probably why my journey has been, you know, so quick in this past year is that I guess those spaces, like I have been committed to getting into those spaces and really, uh, and really starting to speak my truth in those areas. I think I attribute a lot of the growth that I've had in this year to that, um, that, you know, it, it, it came easily for me to like, you know, talk to my best friend Kayla about spirituality and to talk to you about past life regression and to talk to my partner, William, about my spiritual journey. Like those things were already happening for me. I was already speaking my truth with people that it felt easy with. Right. But then the work came in that like, okay, I'm not always speaking my truth in my nine to five. I'm not always speaking my truth in the way that I'm spending my free time. You know, I'm not always speaking my truth with my family. And so that is where the work came in. And I by no means want to say that it has been an easy year because it is the most terrifying feeling, right? Like, you know, this is your truth, but there's this ego part of it of like, well, where they're not going to love you the same or, oh, well, they're not going to, they're going to think that you've been lying this whole time. If now all of a sudden you have a different feeling or, uh, well, that's not going to be good enough. Um, And it's this, it's absolutely terrifying, right? It's like, Oh, it really is. But then I also want to say that the more you do it, though, it like it becomes less and less and less terrifying. And the goal is to just feel completely at peace with who you are and speaking your truth. Um, And even though, you know, I've gone a long way in a year, I by no means want to say that I have done the work that needs to be done. Like, I still get that feeling in my chest of like, I can't say that, you know, it's like something goes to come out. And then in the past, I have just pushed it right back down. Um, And I think right now I'm at the space of like, okay, I'm aware when that's happening. So let me take a moment. And then I choose, you know, based off the situation um, on whether I'm ready or not. Um, Because there's also a piece of like, are you ready? Um, Is this a safe space? Exactly. Yeah. Because your truth, I mean, the reality is your truth does have consequences on some level, right? Yes. Um, And I think the goal is eventually to not care one way or the other what those are, but there's a space in between where you do have to feel like, okay, is this safe? Am I ready? Is this the right person? That kind of thing. Yeah, that space in between where it's discernment between, am I ready for this? Am I ready for their reaction to this? Like, even though, like, I do believe that I can be at peace with my truth and who I am and still not share it with everybody right just because there are people in my life in my family tree where it's like if they if they know this they're gonna even just like a number of years ago and this is just like a really frivolous non-spiritual thing or I mean I guess it could be spiritual but like 
Alex and I, for a few years ago, were, th were really thinking about moving to Colorado. Like he was going to look for a new job. I had just burned down my wellness business. So I was like, I can start wherever. And we have friends who live in Colorado. So we were, we were like looking at houses. We were doing all this. And I told a few people and it was like, while we were still on the fence, and people started, a handful of the close people I told were like, no, don't move. Of course they feel that way, right? They love me. They want me in the same city. But that was like fucked with my head a little bit. And I, in that decision, I remember being like, you know, I don't have to tell everyone that I'm sitting in the soup about certain things. Like I can, but I don't have to tell them everything. I can tell them 10%. I can tell them, you know, I'll tell you more later or so being able to discern like, yes, speaking my truth is very powerful and it feels good, but I also live in a world where it's just like, there's, there can be a lot of fear there for so many reasons, personal mm -hmm. to me, personal to you, personal to anybody else. So it's like that space where it's like, only you can discern that. And again, only you can discern that you, me, anyone listening. And so it's even more important to like, really be in touch with your truth, whatever that is. And uh, something that I've been thinking about is like, I used to live with this um, idea of like, I don't wanna be on my deathbed with regrets. Like, I don't wanna look at a picture and even to a point where it was like, I don't wanna look at a picture and like regret a hairstyle that was so trendy. <laughs> and you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, these were not necessarily conscious thoughts, but like in my ideas of like, I'm gonna live without regret, it was like, but actually what that's doing is making me play things way too safe. Like mm. cut the hair, get the tattoo. Like what the fuck? Like, I, am I really, I have a seahorse tattoo on my love hand. <laughs> it's like, do I love it? No. But is it like funny to laugh about? Yes. Cause I love laughing about myself. It helps me stay light, helps me stay free, but it's like, it, will I cover it up to someday? Maybe I don't really care. It's on my love handle. I never see it. Like, <laughs> but this idea of like being in your truth and in the present mm. and being like, I wasn't perfect in the past. I'm not going to be perfect in the future. I'm trying to, I'm being the best I can. Um, man, I don't know what tangent, but anyway, so yes, <laughs> thank you for sharing that. And really I'll link to Ashley's episode that you were on in the show notes. So people can go down there. Cause I think, um, one of the things that, I mean, there's so much I could talk to you about, but one of the things is like your whole, just moving within your intuition and understanding that in your journey there is really, really, um, powerful and a good story and a really good backdrop to this conversation. So scroll down into those show notes and have a listen, people. Okay. Um, anything else about that death scene before your soul was leaving the body? And if it sticks out to you when your soul was leaving your body, this is something that uh, I get a lot of questions about of like, I'm scared to see a death scene. What if I see something that I can't unsee? <laughs> yeah. um, what do you, what are your thoughts on that? Or what's, what was your experience there? And how, you know, your first time in it, what was it like? Yeah, I, it was peaceful for me. You know, I don't remember any fear around it. Um, like I said, I, you know, I was ready to go. I had, you know, had time to think about it. Um, as my soul left my body, like I, I didn't have any regrets. I definitely could see places where I needed to do or could have done better. 
but I also had this feeling that like, I'll get that opportunity to do better next time. Like I still did a really great job, you know, look at all this love that I shared, look at all of the progress I've made in my relationship with my mom, with my daughter. Um, so yeah, I, I felt very peaceful, um, leaving my body. And I also want to say that I, have seen a lot of death scenes now and it's always that feeling like even if the scene isn't as like um on a conscious level even if it's not a peaceful scene like if I die an unfavorable death on the soul level it's still always uh, a peaceful transition because honestly and this is my personal belief, my home is in the spirit realm, right? Like my home wasn't in that body and my home wasn't in that life. My home isn't in this life. My home isn't in this body, right? And so it's this feeling of like finally returning home. Uh, And so for me, it's definitely always a peaceful, um, peaceful feeling leaving a body. Yeah, yeah. My very first like soul leaving the body was the most physical sensation I've had. And it, I literally felt like there was a spotlight shining on the side of my face and I felt like I was being pulled to the side. Mm. Um, but I haven't had that feeling since now. It's like, I'm just like kind of popped out. My awareness is, is like in the body. Now we're outside of the body. But I always, I think that's so crazy how, or I just love it when people have like a vivid, experience whether it is a sense of like I'm going home or like a oh I physically felt that my body I think is is interesting um okay so soul outside the body and when we do that in a session if you're uh new to this you can go to episode three anatomy of a past life regression um but the soul outside the body that's when as a facilitator I like to kind of ask like all right, from the vantage point of the soul, what did you think of that life? Like wins, losses, stuff you were proud of, stuff you regret. And you had said something to the effect of like, it was a simple life. You had gratitude. You were aware of the things you could do better. Um, And you had said you were tired, which I think I just, I'm just seeing that right. Oh, no, no, no. And I tried, you tried. (laughs) that's right okay I was like tired where did that come in so tell me about that like what do you remember from the vantage point of the soul and I think we already touched on it a little bit but anything else that we haven't touched on like your death in general any other insights about that life in this space yeah I think the word simple is really resonating again um and even in this life I am all about simple. If I can make things simple, I'm about that. (laughs) Um, And that's what stuck with me in that life. It's like, I left that body. Yes, there was hurt. Yes, I spent too much time feeling the weight of other people's feelings. But when I was happy, it was definitely about the simple things, right? It's like the, the horses in that life really were like, I remember in the very first scene, remembering like, wow, these horses really like everything else feels kind of heavy, but I love seeing those horses in that pasture. Um, and then in the birthday party scene with my daughter, I remember seeing those horses again and feeling like, wow, I really love spending time with my daughter and with those horses. Um, and honestly, like that is such a simple thing, right? Um, and that's what really stuck to me. It was like, and even like the church that I got married in in that life, it was so simple. It was not super ornate. 
Um, and it was still exactly what I needed it to be. Um, I didn't have a lot in that life as far as material things go, but yeah, the simple things really made that life worth it. Yeah. I, that's one of my, I've talked about this before, but that's one of my favorite questions and part of the session. And it's totally selfish because it's just a great reminder for me where I'm like, was that a good life or a hard life? And I asked that question because as a facilitator, you'd be surprised how many times I'm surprised by the answer. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like curiosity. It's a good reminder for me, but it's always like a good life is like, it never has anything to do with where they lived, who they live. Well, sometimes it is about community and family, but like um, it's never about like the home they lived in, the structures, never about any of the things that were programmed to believe, give us happiness, give us status, give us a good life. And just it, that is something where people are always like, it was simple. I think as humans, we crave that simplicity. I think that's why it's easy to pass judgment. I think it's, that's why it's easy to, you know, make all kinds of assumptions is because it's just easier if it's like, well, it's either this or that. Well, it's either... And to be able to look at your life and be like, yeah, it was good. Like the simple things were good. I imagine, and you can tell me if you're wrong or if it's shifted in a different way, but like, I'd imagine that deathbed or soul leaving the body appreciation of the simplicity of your life. Has that changed how you feel about simplicity in your life now? Whether it's like you're aiming for more simplicity, you are appreciating simplicity of things more, like has that bled into your life or was that already there? Mm, definitely, absolutely. Um, I, 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 it's hard for me to kind of parse through like what can I attribute to past life regression and hypnosis and what can I attribute to a year of a pandemic, right? Because it's like interesting. <laughs> it's interesting that both of these things have happened for me at the same time, right? It's like I spent a lot of time in the pandemic in trance, in hypnosis. <laughs> um, and so yeah, like a combination of those two things have made me really crave just simple, simple, simple. I, uh, my partner and I are talking a lot about like decluttering, downsizing how much stuff we have, you know, creating more spaces that feel really nice to us um, and feel like more functional because there's not so many things around. Um, I, I, I was, I've always been a pretty simple person though. I mean, I, as far as like what makes me happy, right. You know? Yeah. Um, and so that's always been a part of my personality. I've never like wanted a ton of material things. I've never cared about the newest cell phone. I've never cared about, you know, the clothes that I'm typically wearing, having a certain brand, you know, I'm more so, um, I like the way things make me feel. Um, and so I would say this year and hypnosis have just amplified that in me, um, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, cool. What a good thing to have amplified. Um, okay. So then from there, you had some specific questions, like then we left that past life, went to the space of spiritual guidance and, um, well, first, before we do that, is there anything that sticks out about that scene? Kind of the the death scene, leaving your body, anything you want to call out before we move on? Mm, no, I think that was it from the actual death scene. That's what I remember the most. And even like that transition out. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. And then um, the next question that I love to hear the answer to is why did Sarah see this past life? Why did this client see this past life? And again, I love answering this question because I, I don't know everything you're experiencing. So I'm often like struck by like, oh, I didn't even get that. You know, obviously, because I don't know a lot about your personal day-to-day life. I don't live with you, you know? Um, So when you think of that sense of like, why this past life, what do you remember, whether you're looking at the notes or what sticks out the most for you? I don't have the notes in front of me. So I am going to say what I what I know to be true in this moment. And then I would love to hear like what you have written down. Um, in this moment, I look back on that very first past life that I saw. And I, I, you know, I remember feeling like the intention that I went in with, like I expected since it was about my partner and how I navigate like romantic relationships, I thought going in that I was going to see a life where I was like, very much so like navigating that in that life, right? Like being with my partner and what was that like and what did I learn? And so looking back, I know for a fact that it was, um, it was uh, that I saw it because I I was still carrying too much weight from other people, right? And the way to being a better partner and the way to start letting go a little bit in my relationship and not feel like I need to control so many different things is that I've got to do some work on myself. I've got to go in and do the the inner child work, the shadow work to really realize like none of this was my fault, but that doesn't necessarily mean that I don't have a responsibility to like work towards changing it. Oh, I love um, that. Yeah. And that you know, if I'm not careful, I'm going to constantly be carrying his weight, right? His burdens, um, you know, knowing that I had that inclination in, in the past life and being able to relate it to knowing for sure I have it in this life. It was like, okay, I'm with him every, you know, every day, every afternoon, after work, every weekend. And so if I'm not careful, I'm going to be constantly like taking on his things and he's very sensitive too. So like, he's going to be carrying my things. And so it was just this sense of like understanding a little bit more about boundaries, energetic boundaries, and yeah. knowing that I, it wasn't ever my fault that I took on anybody else's things, but that it will help me navigate my relationship better if I start taking care of that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just looking through the notes right now of what I, and it was, it was very much that like being able to, um, like take whatever is your responsibility and do with that. And I think it's so interesting. So Alex and I have been together almost 10 years. He's in the hallway, probably listening to this right now. Um, (laughs) I can hear him creeping around. And that's something that I'm so I'm 40. I feel like I really started on this journey of like introspection and all that, like, I don't know, around 25, maybe intentionally. And I met Alex when I was 30 and still like I've been growing and changing and he's just a really great space. He's super non-judgmental. I mean, he hears all my weird thoughts and I'm not in a mental institute yet. So (laughs) it's so good. But that's something that I've noticed um, as I just kind of continue to peel back the layers of like how much I was, like you said, like carrying his emotions with him. And it's like, he's carrying them anyways. Why do I, 
I can be there and support him, but I'm not going to be as good a support if I'm feeling everything that he's feeling. And I'm trying to think of a good example of this, but like even just little things where it's like, our basement's super cold. I want to turn on the fireplace. So in three hours when I work out down there, it's nice. And he's just like, why are we, why are we heating the basement? And, and it's like, I normally would, <laughs> he's in here right now. It's my story. <laughs> um, but it's like, I used to be like, oh, he doesn't like this. So I'm not going to do it. And, and that's a valid thought too. But at the end of the day, like, but it's also a valid thought that I want to work out in 65 fucking degrees or warmer in my basement. Right. And so, but I used to always sell whatever I was feeling and take on what he was feeling and be like, yeah, you're right. We shouldn't do that. And it's like, why shouldn't we do it? Like, <laughs> why can't I do, what is this, an extra $10 a month in the heating bill or whatever? Uh, I'll pay it because now I actually want to go downstairs and work out. And it's just this super simple, and it sounds maybe odd to someone who doesn't, who, who doesn't operate that way, but it takes a lot for me to be like, wait, I still carry other people's stuff. And like, how am I doing it? And being mm -hmm. able to see that in trance, um, I think just makes us hyper vigilant about what that feels like in our everyday life. Just like you talked about with intuition, you or that empathy and being an empath, you could feel the weight of that when it like kind of tips to the negative where even though you're not responsible for all of it, you, you can see in your part, there's something you can do. Mm. And, um, I'm just in a space where like when I turned 40, I was like, I'm not going to apologize for what I want. And I'm going to get really fucking comfortable with people not liking me. And, and I'm going to like really, really, what is my shit? And what is other people's stuff that I'm just taking on? And mm. feeling like, it's because I'm sure you feel the same way. There's a thousand reasons in my life that are, are my fault and are not my fault as to why I like just move with my empathy in a way that can be damaging to me. It's just because I don't know enough about it and I'm still trying to figure it out. But every time I do work on it, it gets better and easier and it's way more enjoyable. Yeah, it's interesting the way you're saying that like that comes out for you uh, and then saying that like, it could come out for other people different ways, right? Like we both have the same root issue of like being um, able to take on other people's feelings, right? But for me, it comes out the complete opposite where it's like, okay, I'm feeling it. So let me try to control what they're doing so that they don't have to feel it for too long or they don't have to sit in it too long. So instead of me like pulling back and like giving that space for myself to make the, uh, to give them the space to make the decision they want. And then me to have my space to deal with my own shit. It's like, I then like, I've taken on, I feel it. And then I want to like immediately help them fix whatever it is in the way that I would fix it. Does that make sense? Oh, totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So, oh my gosh, Sarah, I could talk to you for hours. All right. Um, let's do this. So at that first session as a whole, or even just when you think about all the work you've done in hypnosis, past life regression in the last year, whether you're the facilitator or you're the client, like what, what you had mentioned a couple like big takeaways, like spine, like, um, 
realizing your innate gift of intuition and your ability to communicate with the spirit world has been major, you said. So I want you to talk on that. And then you also talked about um, finding the desire to speak up more often about your spiritual journey, share your story, your truth with other people. So I feel like we kind of dug into number two there a little bit. Is there anything else you want to talk about or highlight that we didn't cover in terms of like just finding the desire or the courage or however you whatever you need to like speak up more often about your truth whether it's specifically about your spiritual journey or how you feel about the temperature in the basement or like, <laughs> you know what I mean like what like is there anything else you want to say about that otherwise we'll move on to the big the other big takeaway you had no I, I don't think so I think that the biggest thing is like that feeling of like truth bubbling up and then now being aware of all the times that I would just cram it back down. And it does feel yeah. that physical for me. It's like, I literally feel it like coming up, welling up in my body. It's like right in my throat chakra. Right. And then this awareness that for so long I had literally like crammed that back down. Yeah. Um, and just choosing not to do that anymore. Right. Uh, I think that that's been, that's been really huge for me. Okay. Mm -hmm. So then the other big takeaway you had mentioned when we were uh, emailing back and forth before this recording was um, realizing your innate gift of intuition, ability to communicate with the spirit world. This has been major. Mm -hmm. So I know that this is probably like, you could probably talk for an hour on just that takeaway, I'd imagine. But um, I guess what I want to maybe focus you on is a lot a lot has come in for you about your spirit guides, like your relationship to them, what the word spirit guide means for you. I know you're really close to your ancestors that have passed on, um, but anything you want to say about that, like whether, whether you want to say something else about realizing your innate gift of intuition, your connection to the spirit world. But I also want you to speak to kind of like um, the relationship to your spirit guides, whatever feels like you want to share there, whatever feels strong. Yeah, I'm so glad that you asked me about this. This is definitely, you know, up there in the top three things I love to talk about. Um, oh, <laughs> so before, before past life regression and hypnotherapy, I knew that I had a connection with my loved ones that had passed on. I knew it to be a fact, to be true. Um, you know, after my grandfather died when I was about 18, I, you know, I would get little signs and reminders that he was near me. Sometimes I would even feel his presence near me. Um, and then um, in 2016, I lost uh, a partner uh, of mine uh, named Zach. And after he died, that just, that knowing that spirit communication was possible was amplified in me in so many different ways right he was coming to me uh, in dreams in signs and synchronicities I didn't have words for it at the time but he was coming in with clairaudience he was coming in with clairvoyance clair all of it it was just he was coming through but I didn't understand it I, I, I knew I understand it on the level of like he's here he's with me he's letting me know he's okay uh, he was coming through for other people, right? There were other people in this journey as well that like were affirming that in me. And I knew it was possible for me and for everybody, anybody. 
that if you were open to it, that you could get, you know, confirmation from the mm-hmm. spirit world that everything's okay, that they're okay, that kind of thing. But with hypnotherapy and past life regression, after my soul left my body and we were in the spirit realm of like asking questions, answering questions, that went off the charts for me. And it was like, I wasn't only getting messages from myself. Like I remember my great grandfather came through for my grandmother. My, my grandfather came through with a message from my mom. Um, somebody that I went to high school with that had passed away came through with a message for uh, someone else that I had went to high school with, like these people that I, you know, two people that I hadn't talked to in, in a very long time, right? Um, and so I was just getting flooded with like, not only do you have this gift for yourself, but this is what it sounds like. This is what it feels like. This is how you know it. And also, look, you can get messages for other people as well. And at the time, I considered my spirit guides to be my loved ones that had passed. Like I considered, you know, Zach my papa, um, you know, my great grandfather, my great grandmother, I consider them to be my spirit guides, you know. Um, now, the more that I've done this work, they are very much so on my spirit team. They are very much so uh, part of, you know, the spiritual world that looks out for me, that guides me, that protects me. Um, but now I use the word angels Okay. And, and ancestors for, you know, specifically for my family that's passed on. I think of them as my like ancestral spirit protection for my loved ones that have passed on. I consider them to be my angels. Um, and now I have been introduced to my spirit guides and I consider these to be um, beings that I possibly, probably spent time with in past lives. I have not yet seen any of them in human form in a past life, but I imagine we've probably crossed paths many, many times in many different lives, but I consider them to be uh, people, beings that I I haven't necessarily known in this life, but have been with me from the very beginning to kind of, um, to give me guidance, protection, Uh, each one. I have four that I've met directly. And each one has serves a different purpose and they're all very distinct and clear to me. Um, but my main spirit guide, uh, his name is Julius. Uh, he comes through to me as masculine. Um, he comes through to me as very ancient, very wise, very brave, uh, very protective. Uh, and he definitely, um, he definitely works with my loved ones that have passed on, specifically my great grandmother. Um, he works with her very closely to, um, to help me navigate trance and to kind of understand the journey that I'm going on. Um, do you, thank you for that. I, I love the way you kind of like separate it out because there's just so many questions. It's like, what is a spirit guide? What are angels? And I love the way you went in and discovered like what it is for yourself, as opposed to being like, oh, mine's different. I must be doing it wrong. And I I think that the only way forward on this path is like curiosity and that's going to keep us light and that's going to keep us open. But the moment we're like, well, so-and-so has one guide that's, you know what I mean? Like, or someone else doesn't have this or whatever. And I love the way you just went in there and like, you've figured it out. Like, and I like the way you use the word spirit team. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's just, it's such a good, it's just like the perfect name, really good visual for it. Uh, okay. So 
Um, anything else you want to bring up? Any other changes you've noticed? I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of them, but anything that sticks out, anything that you want to talk about that we did not cover today? To your point that like the curiosity thing, something, something came through to me where it was like, I originally thought, you know, my loved ones were my spirit guides. Then in the first session where I intentionally went in, not for a past life regression, but just for the pure intention of like communing, uh, communicating with my spirit guides, they came through to me all as animals. Oh, that's and funny. then later on, they like, transform they come to me sometimes as animals sometimes they're human looking human looking <laughs> um yeah. sometimes uh it's a little bit of both sometimes i don't see anything sometimes i don't hear anything and i guess i kind of want to put a stamp on and i also i think if we were to record this a month from now i would have different answers and so i just want to acknowledge that like it changes it evolves um, just like any type of relationship you have with anybody at all, right? You meet somebody, you have an initial connection, you know, they're important to you, you know, you want to build a friendship, right? But like the more you get to know them, the more you communicate with them, that shifts, that changes. Um, and so definitely want to say that, um, like if you're at the place where you just have no idea what, what, what do we even, what is a spirit guide? What does that even mean? Or if you're at the place where I was, where you feel like your angels are your spirit guides, or at certain point where I felt like these animals were my spirit guides, I just want to stamp that like all of that was true and yeah. still is true. Like it doesn't, just because I know more and I'm using air quotes here, just because I know more now or know it differently doesn't mean that all the other forms weren't true as well. Um, ah, yes. Oh, thank you. Because I get a lot of questions in terms of like, so I think I saw an animal. Is that a spirit guide? Or like I had an email from someone in the last couple of weeks and they were like, oh, approximate height of a spirit guide. And I'm like, anything? <laughs> <laughs> and, and it was like, she thinks she was maybe seeing like a fairy or something. And I like all of that to me, I feel like when someone sends me a message like that, or like, I'm seeing this, I'm like, I don't know, you're ahead of me on this path, <laughs> you know? And so, but to that point where it's like, you said, it's not that you, you, I like that you call it spirit team. And I'm highlighting that again, because no matter how these guides show up for you, like if it feels better to call it something else, like make it your own. Like no one knows. I only know my experience and my experience with what I believe my clients experienced. And so, yeah, use that as a guide, play around with it, but use your own experience as like a curiosity, a journey of like, what is this story? What's this other part of like who I am? And I think that's really important. And it, for me, it makes life way more interesting than just like, it's garbage day today, you know? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Sarah. So you, what is next for you? What are you working on before we land this plane? What direction are you headed? Anything cool you want to tell people about? Where can people find you? Let's hear it. Yeah, I am working on a lot of collaborating right now. Like I really uh, have been enjoying a shift from like 
um, who can my clients be? How can I get clients to like, I am just really enjoying collaborating with people. So I just, I guess I want to just put an invitation out there. Like if you're listening to this and you're like, Oh, I have a, an idea for collaboration. I would love to hear from you. Um, because that is really bringing me a lot of joy right now with my work. Um, so that's that. Um, what else is going on? Um, I am offering oracle readings. Uh, I have a few different decks to choose from. And so if that speaks to you, um, I'm definitely offering oracle readings. Um, I'm working on building out my hypnotherapy services uh, under the lovely guidance of Gina. Uh, I've been really uh, enjoying our mentorship conversations. And so I'm getting to a place where I'm feeling more and more confident about my offerings with hypnotherapy. Um, specifically the, the spirit guide communication, the higher self stuff, you know, if you're someone who knows already that you have an intuitive gift, um, I'm very opening to affirming that and to kind of facilitate some sessions to, to help with that journey. Um, and yeah, I, I have Instagram, uh, at intuitive dot empowerment. Um, that's where I'll link that and your website for sure. Perfect. Yeah. Instagram and website. Those are the two places where you can find the most information. Yeah. I'll link that stuff below. Um, something else I want to call out, uh, Sarah, and you can tell me if this is inaccurate, but so one of the things, so Sarah and I are working together, like in a mentorship kind of thing, um, very disorganized and she's very gracious, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, one of the things that you had mentioned, Mm, shit what was it I lost it I'm gonna edit that out <laughs> what was it here just a second let me get quiet oh okay one of the things and you can tell me if you want me to scratch this but um I feel more comfortable when people want to come to me and see a spirit guide or have a conversation with a spirit guide I personally as a facilitator feel more comfortable when they've done a past life regression with me first but you feel differently, which I think is super cool. So if you're someone who is like, I don't necessarily feel called to do a past life regression, but talking to my spirit guides is something I feel called to do. That's actually a way that they could do it without like having to jump through the PLR hoop with me. They could just do it with you. And someone might say like, well, what's the difference? It's just honestly confidence level. Like I probably won't always be this way, whatever. You're meant to do this right now. So go to Sarah if you want it <laughs> and you don't want to do a past life regression with me. But um, I also want to affirm just something that my teacher, Madonna, always said to us during, during um, trainings is like your clients are attracted to you for reasons you don't even know. Mm. And to know that everything is divinely guided and that as a client, I'm going to get what I need no matter who I go to. Now, she says that I say a little caveat is like, as long as I like you and trust you, right? Like if I don't trust you, I'm not going to probably go anywhere. But if you're feeling drawn to Sarah, like Sarah, your accent and the tone of your voice is just like, I, don't know, I could probably be very <laughs> hypnotized by you very easily. Um, so if you're feeling drawn to Sarah, know that that's an option. And though, even though I have that little like hoop, you have to jump through, Sarah does not. And it's all valid and it's all good. And um, I cannot recommend, recommend Sarah enough. All right. Thank you so much. Thank Sarah. you, Gina. Amazing. Um, if you all listen to this and have like questions for Sarah and I, or if you're like, 
you touched on that. I want you guys to talk more about it. Let me know because I plan on having Sarah back. So thank you, Sarah. Thank you, Gina. This was an absolute dream come true for me. So thank you. <laughs> Thanks. There it is. That's our episode for today. I can't thank you enough for being here and for sharing this podcast with your friends. Um, if you enjoyed this podcast, if you want to go say hi to Sarah, thank her for being on this podcast with me, you can head over to her Instagram or her website. All of that is linked in the show notes. So do say hi. If you, again, if we touched on something and you want to know more about it, um, between our history between us, our history around past life regression, our experiences, let me know because... Uh, I just, I loved having Sarah on because like me, <laughs> she's got a lot of experience being the client and a lot of experience being the facilitator. So um, it was just really a really fun conversation for me. So if you want me to talk more with her about something specific, just let me know. All right. Thank you so much for being here and being open to the power of these fun conversations. Take anything in this episode that helped you and just leave the rest.